Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's up and welcome to another episode of the Grindline Podcast. You're listening to episode 248. We we have to record now. I, I was like, <laughs> yeah, we'll record on Monday. And no. then the back-to-back happened and the Red Wings just hand down an epic ass-kicking to the Calgary Flames. And I put in the chat, I'm like, guys, we need to record tonight. Because if we wait a day on this, it's just we're going to lose some steam. So, mm-hmm. uh, Ryan, uh, before we jump into the last three games, and we're not really going to go game by game, but we're going to break down some players and some performances and some really dumb tweets from Sens fans. Ryan, how are you? Uh, I mean, the adrenaline is pumping right now. I'm pretty damn good because it has been a week, to say the least, in terms of Red Wings hockey. And the last 48 hours, I get it. It's early in the season, but holy shit, has it been fun. The high is insane. And that's the thing is like, you want to be like, you want to hold yourself back a little bit and you want to be reserved and you want to say, guys, it's, it's six games. But I, maybe I could have said that if, if we were winning games like ah, three to two or we were winning games like two to one. No, we're winning yeah, games yeah. like we're winning games like six to two or five to three. Or as today, another six to two game. We beat Pittsburgh. Uh, what was it? Six to three against Pittsburgh. We beat the Ottawa Senators five to two. It's not like we're just eking these games out and chugging along. We're dominating 80% of the time, a lot of the times in these games, which the team is just, it's different. It's a different team. The vibe is different. The guys are happy. I mean, Alex Debrink, it's a goddamn monster. And for everyone who said, to bring it's nothing without Patrick Kane. If you don't go back and delete your tweet history, I feel really bad for you because it, it looks like, I mean, he, and I can't say it looks like we knew this. Alex to is the real deal. And his chemistry with Dylan Larkin is insane. So Ryan, how do you want to do this time? Do you want to just go through kind of performances? Do we want to go through stupid sense tweets first? Do we want to go through game card breakdowns? What do we want to do? Well, I'd say, Let's hit the game card breakdown first, because then we can kind of touch on the games, what happened. And then because I think the sins tweets are going to take a good while because reading them and just trying to process what was said is going to oh, take yeah. us a minute. Uh, They're in denial. I don't get it, but it's yeah. hilarious. 
All right, so let's do game card breakdown. So first, we'll go with the Pittsburgh Penguins game. So Pittsburgh Penguins, the Detroit Red Wings beat the Pittsburgh Penguins 6-3. to three. This was a game where the Pens were off to a pretty good start. And I feel like this was one of the first, like, real test games that we had. We're like, mm-hmm. this is an opponent who's got a strong team. They've been winning. They've been doing well. Let's see how we do. And the Red Wings come out, and they lay down a 6-3 to three score. Your top performers being Alex Debrinkit, Austin Zarnick, Jeff Petrie had a rebound game there. Yeah, Dylan Larkin and After Ben Sherratt. slow start. Yeah, and Ben Sherratt too. So it took a minute. And Petrie had the night off tonight for kind of maintenance mode, old man maintenance mode. But Ben Sherratt played well in this Pittsburgh game. And was this the game where he scored? Ben Sherratt scored a goal yep. in this game? This yeah. is, he had the snipe over the shoulder. But this is a game where him and, him and Petrie paired together. I was terrified. My tweet at the start of the game when freaking Pittsburgh scored a minute in, I was like, man, this is what happens when you have those two together because they started bad. Like they started was, where they left off their last game. Yeah. And it, it wasn't pretty. And I was like, great. This is what we're going to see tonight. And Pittsburgh is coming in on a bit of a high They're They're playing well together right now, which is of course, no surprise when you've got guys like Malkin, Crosby, Carlson and Latang out there, which Carlson and Latang together. They started double shifting them them in the third period when they were trailing. Terrifying. Absolutely like, terrifying. Defensively, meh. But this, like, it's one of those situations where their skating gets them out of any possible scary situation where the other team's trying to rush back. Like we saw tonight, even Blake Coleman, if it wasn't for his speed, I think Detroit would have had three different breakaways chasing down loose pucks. But the Pittsburgh game, I think, was a hey, shut your mouth moment for Sherratt and Petrie to most of us that like to talk too much. And I, I loved it. Petrie, there was several moments. Yeah, I'll, I'll raise my hand and eat that one too. Petrie, I mean, we're see- I like what I've seen from Sherratt and especially in this game. You're seeing the offensive engagement, but it's not hurting them kind of like what we saw often with Mo last season. And it led to what was a beautiful goal he sniped one right over. Who who was in front? Was it Perron or Raymond? Some one of those two, I think, was right in front of him, in front of the net when he shot it, and he beat Jari short third far side over the shoulder, and that kind of sparked Detroit in that second period, scoring three goals to go up four to one. And as a whole, as a team, really, they're they're clicking and they're all going on all cylinders. But that that Pittsburgh game, the way that Detroit kind of came out and watching that, especially live. After the first goal from Malkin, like I said, a minute into the game, Detroit was just kind of on their heels for a bit. But once to bring it again, put them on the board, it was a rejuvenated team, and they didn't look back until really midway through the third period, arguably, because that's when I mean, yep. Pittsburgh started laying it heavy, and they were starting to shift, put their big guys out there over and over again. I mean, let's see what was uh, let's look at their time on ice to kind of put it into perspective, Carlson. And Latang played 27 and 24 minutes, respectively. You had Jake Gensel out there for 22. Ryan Graves on defense for 22 minutes. Crosby had 21. Uh, Malkin only played 17, but because that was partly because he was in the box for quite a while. So their big guns were out there for a long time, and it showed. The fact that Carlson played almost half the game is actually kind of mind-blowing. Yeah, that is a game where... I think the heat started to get turned up too. the game got chippy. Yeah, it did. But this is also a game where officiating started to slip a little bit. Yeah. 
And we've seen it get now we've been able to overcome it and it's gone both ways. We've had some bad calls on us. There's been some bad calls on the other team. But I, I think that overall, NHL officiating probably needs a review from a third party organization that can really take a look at what's being called and say, hey, we need a little bit more training for these guys or a refresher or something because it's getting a little ridiculous. I, I will say to this point, they are calling much more ticky tack, if you will. And some of it is a little bit more liberal and letter to the law, it seems like. But I don't know. It's, but I, I think what I've noticed for a lot of the calls being made is that these officials that are making the calls, they, they're newer. Like we, we've still yeah. got some of the, the old faces out there. I know uh, in the Pittsburgh game in particular, Oh, what's it? What was his name? Larkin was losing his shit. Yeah. On um, I had the tweet. I'd have to find the tweet. Who was who was the official for that game? Kelly Sutherland was the yeah, was the ref. Was go, I got a picture of him like pointing to whoever was in the box for Detroit at that uh, one of the moments after one of the scrums, like that. Tell you kind of how things started to get. Um, but yeah, it's it's interesting because the, the usual suspects and faces you're seeing making these calls, they're they're still doing their thing. But the newer guys are, are kind of taken over a little bit, if you will, in yeah. terms of like, hey, there's a penalty, we're going to call it, which I'm not against. Like, call the penalties if it if it seems like all the should game, be the game, but call yeah. it consistently. Yeah, as long as that's happening, it's going to be hard to be too upset. However, yeah, we've seen the NHL make quick shifts on how calls are being made after a season starts when teams start complaining for either too many or a lack thereof. So. We'll see how it levels itself out over the next couple of weeks. Well, Larkin was a goal away from the Gordie Howe hat trick in that game. He did have a fight. He had three assists. So Larkin had three points on the night. Alex DeBrinkett had two goals and assists. Andrew Kopp had two goals. Jeff Petrie had two assists. Sherratt had his goal. Zarnik with an assist. Ghost with an assist. Perron with a goal. Rass with an assist. Every That's the theme. Go, that, that's been the theme Nine for the first six the games. Sheet. Everyone gets points. It's the who's line. Of it anyway, everyone gets points. And it's amazing the the way just they're able to overcome things that go against them and bounce back so quickly. And mm-hmm. and that leads us, I mean, that led us to we had, and we might still have after tonight, although we didn't score the league leading power play. We probably don't after tonight. I think the they dropped to 39%. The the PK has been fantastic. So our PK numbers should go up, but it was uh, the Penguins game, I think, is where you said, OK, this is our first test and we passed it. But now we're on to really the first kind of what a lot of people and it's more, I think, anything. Now, the sense fans really want this to be a rivalry. And we kind of just sat them down and told them to shut up. So the Detroit Red Wings went on yesterday, Saturday, to play the Ottawa Senators. And I will tell you. After uh, after five minutes of that game, I was a little worried. Um, <laughs> we came out flat, so yeah. flat and so bad. And through what was it? The whole first period, did we have like three shots on goal? And it was like bad. Now, not good. It was not good. We picked it up in like the last five ish minutes of the first period. Now, luckily, Huso was able to bail us out, and. We turned it around, and I think what what really helped was that first goal. So Ottawa scored first. 
And when the Red Wings came back and scored that first goal, the the switch flipped. The what light went on. There? Yeah, and the engine the, it just took over. And yeah. from there, we just we frustrated Ottawa to no end. Their top performers did absolutely nothing, and it was other than I mean, that first power play goal. Yeah, I mean, yeah, and that that was the one thing. Sorry to kind of jump in right here, but what Detroit needed to do for the most part, other than I'm mean, looking at the penalty summary, roughing, roughing, roughing across the board for both teams, Detroit needed to stay out of the box because Ottawa's power play last season hurt them. They hurt a lot of teams. They're one of the, I think they're top 10 in the league. If I remember number nine or something like that last season. And what, like to your point, when they scored that first power play goal, I was like, Oh no, this could go badly. However, Shane bear had other plans. It was a beautiful game to watch. And this is a game where um, it, I, if you look at the Wikipedia page of the Ottawa Senators, it probably says current owner Joe Valeno because <laughs> this was his game. Joe had two goals. Joe was on fire. And it's the Joe Valeno like we talked about previously that we need to see. And we saw it. And it was fantastic. And if Joe could do this as a 3C because Cop has been playing well with... um. Cop has been has played well on the wing with JT Comper, but it's shown that Valeno can go up to that three C position and just lock it down and bring his offense apparently. So this is the Joe Valeno that Newsy wants. He's getting mm-hmm. rewarded with ice time. He's scoring goals. Scored another one tonight off his leg. I mean, it's still a goal for Joe Valeno, but Joe Valeno was the top performer in that Ottawa Senators game, followed by Shane Gossesbear. Daniel Sprong, Austin Zarnick continues to be towards the top of these lists. And he's a great depth piece. He's fast. And he's been actually much better on the setup than I thought he would be. Yeah, he, we hammered him, I think, pretty hard last week after that first game. And since that point, he has looked fantastic. Like he, he's, he's, fitting into that role that we saw him playing last year where, Hey, we have a PK, get out there and do something. Hey, we need a four check going on, go get out there and and fight for that puck, get under their skin, piss them off. And he did that the way like Zarnik has kind of come through. You need it because that helps with that four line machine that we've seen already to this point of the season. And it brings on the next man up mentality and, but the way that his style of play is, like we saw last season, he's a 200-foot guy. Yeah. He can go in there. He can try to win you a face-off if he has to. If he doesn't, he can throw him on the wing, and he can be just as effective. But what's important is that he's impactful in a good way, which is what really is what we've seen across the board uh, from Detroit to this point. And I, you, it's really hard to ask for much more. Yeah, another guy that's really come on, too, is Christian Fisher. That yeah, no look that, back backhand pass to Joe Valeno to set up that goal. It's just the team is working as a team. It's it's what they're meant to do. Play goal tonight too. You roll the four lines and they roll the four lines. And like we had said at the beginning of the season, if the offense can come from guys on all four lines and all four guys, lines can play responsible defense, this is mm-hmm. a winning team. And what you see is responsible defense, and you see all four lines chipping in. You've got guys at the top like Justin Hole, who I'm sorry, Toronto fans, which we didn't get the Justin Hole you guys have been talking about, apparently. 
because Justin Hole had what three points tonight in and the game against Calgary. Night. Yeah. Yep. And he's been responsible defensively. And there's been very little slip from Justin Hole. And it's been good to watch him out there play. Ole Mata's anchoring the third pair and playing well. Lucas Raymond, if he could get 70 assists this season, Lucas <laughs> Raymond, with how he's looked so far. So the Ottawa game, and, and we're just going to read some tweets. So a lot of these came from before the game. Uh, Ryan had tweeted out the lineup uh, versus Pittsburgh. So we were going to the Pittsburgh game. We tweeted out the lineup. And Ryan says, Justin Hole appears to be banged up. Uh, the banged up D-man after Lalone's comments. Clem Costin is also out. Uh, he hurt himself. And then the other thing we should mention is Robbie Fabry is now week to week. Should be out for four weeks. So Yeah. They didn't put him on IR. They've, they've just got him on. Yeah, um, he's like, just, he's just long term. Sorry, long term IR. They didn't he's put on him on IR, LTIR. Yeah. Yeah. But an Ottawa fan responds to Ryan saying, this is the team you think is better than Ottawa. So they started early with just the absolute cockiest of tweets uh another guy says when we beat them it's one game the refs took the sends out clearly ottawa is the better team yeah clearly the better teams generally get their asses kicked and lose the game uh they've also said they collapsed under the weight of an emotional game well that also means you're not a very strong team uh i like this one it says no we won the number one enemy of the state he's talking about to brink it didn't have a good game and was without a point the scoreboard isn't always the way to win. And I forgot, and I, I should have known this, that taking a player out of the game gets you points in the standings mm-hmm. and uh, ends up getting you closer to closer to the playoffs. Uh, there's a few other good ones. Um, there's, there were people wishing harm to Alex Debrinkit, which was uh, really oh, interesting Oh, don't say that there. without having every single tweet uh, saved because you'll be called a liar and people will say oh, yeah. that, that you're, you're slandering their fan base when... Yeah, dumb fucks said it. Yeah, so if you look at this, uh, this nice thread here with our friend Jake from the 313 Hockey Podcast. Uh, they, they, again, the team you think this is the team better than Ottawa. They said they had more expected goals for. Corpusalo was the reason they lost. Every excuse in the book for or the reason that they lost. With, for, the, for the most part. I, I'm saying good, not great. He played an okay game. I mean, look at the, the look at the Volano goal. Sure. Well, like, there were some goals where he had no chance. No. We played a better game. We are the better team. Brady Chuck, insert audio here. Hold on a second. We're in the same boat. Um, they just showed that they're better than us tonight. And yeah, uh, Brady Kachuk says we are the better team. They were better than us. They are better than us. He didn't say tonight. He said they are better than us. Not tonight, not during this game, not they were better than us. They are better than us. And I think that is something that the Ottawa Senators fans, next time they start clicking letters with their thumbs, need to hold on and wait a minute. Because if you go into the next game with that same attitude and they do the same thing, then what are you going to do? It's, I mean, it's the freaking NHL, man. Like, first and foremost, Anything can happen on a given night. We've seen it plenty of times. We've seen a couple years ago, Detroit should have walked all over the Arizona Coyotes and they lost nine to two or seven to two, whatever it was. Shit happens. You can talk, yeah. talk trash all day. It's whatever. 
But the delusions and grandeur, my favorite quote to use for Ottawa Senators fans, it, it blows my mind. And oh, what's yeah. great is that after all this happens, how all of the uh, the self-righteous ones have come out of the woodwork now to try to say, we never were like that. We didn't say these things. How could you put us in that light? You're such a liar, blah, blah, blah. Really? There's tweets out there. All you got to do is put Debrinket and Senators. I bet you find a lot of bullshit from a lot of stupid people. And they all claim to be your top fans. And you notice that during the game, several of them were absolutely silent. They said nothing the whole time. You can go back. There's an entire day of missing tweets from the account because I'm assuming they lost and then spent the rest of the day crying that they lost. And uh, but but, you know, it'll all be fine. They totally would have won if they had Shane Pinto, uh, who apparently from what I'm gathering, he's not going to sign. It sounds like it's going to be they keep saying the the situation is going to be resolved soon. But they're not yeah, saying he's, he's going to for, sign. Uh, he's going to get traded. He's going to get traded. Like nothing. Either that or they're going to assign him to a team in the in Europe somewhere. And he'll sit out a year like Alexander Texier did. And they'll have to wait until next year when they can pay him. They mm-hmm. were fucked in the cap. They Pierre Dorian, how? I don't know how he still has a job. How? They paid how? a bunch of mediocre players a lot of money. And they bought out people, I believe. Let's go. Let's go to the cap friendly real quick. Current cap space is $845,000. So they have one guy under a entry level contract that they could bring in. Yeah. Shane Pinto, RFA, unsigned. Let's see. Stutzla and Kachuk both signed over 8.2 and 8.3 million. They have $5 million in dead cap. They also gave Vladimir Tarasenko a $5 million contract. Before shining Shane Pinto, they have retained salary of one million five hundred and sixty-two thousand five hundred dollars on Matt Murray. They have this is the final year of the Bobby Ryan buyout for one point eight three 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 million dollars. They have a buyout of Colin White at eight hundred and seventy-five thousand dollars, and a buyout of Michael Del Zotto at seven hundred and fifty thousand dollars. So they have five million dollars in dead cap space, along with the big contracts they handed out. Uh, eight mil a year to Thomas Shabbat. They got uh, Chikrin for four point six mil. They've got Artem Zub for four point six mil. They've got Stutzla for eight point three five. Kachuk for eight point two zero five. Norris for seven point nine five. Giroux for six point five. So they are top heavy. Mm-hmm. And when those guys don't do anything, they lose games. So, but if they had Pinto, though, they would have won. That's what they're saying now. Oh, we don't have Pinto. Artem Zub is hurt. If we had Artem Zub, we would have won. But that's. You can't do that, especially when you get beaten by such a wide margin. Like you were own, you destroyed for literally two periods and five minutes. You lost the game like that. And that was it. And admit it. And there's still some that don't want to admit it. So the Ottawa Senators game, huge win, huge win for us. It, was. It, it resets the narrative. I think I would say it resets the narrative on. Ottawa owns us. They're so much better. They're so further ahead in the rebuild. I don't, I, after that, and after the way we've started the season, I don't see it. No, I'm not going to get too far ahead of myself because we're six games into the season, but they both, just like us, they lost to Carolina to open the year. Then they, but then they beat a Philly team, a Tampa team that I cannot figure out for the life of me and a very, very bad 
Washington Capitals team, which did you see the Capitals fall from grace being this hard so quickly? Because I didn't. They hit that SpongeBob black hole. I It's blowing my mind. Rock bottom. Four games played. Alex Ovechkin, no goals. But anyways, so it's not like Ottawa was playing fluff teams to come in at three and one, which we both were at the time. Or four and one, whatever it was. Like, I'll go back to my point. It's the NHL. Anything can happen on a given night. Detroit sees the advantage of whatever momentum was out there. Really, the momentum was built based on the fan bases, if you will. But I think many of the guys that were there on those two nights in February were like, hey, this shit ain't going to fly again. And they came out. Yeah, Ottawa dominated the first half of the game, half of the first period, really. And then from then on out, after that power play goal from, from Ghost, Detroit figured out, they're like, hey, we're gonna, they, they've really employed the bend don't break for that game. Yeah. But with the way that Ottawa, they were relentless. But what was great, the shots were, to me, not high danger. No, uh, more ex- shots Alex, does not equal better team. No, and we've seen that plenty of times with Detroit where they have a ton of shots on that, and most of them were pretty much garbage. But Detroit did a great job of playing team defense. It was a lot of one-and-dones for most of the game. And if there was a loose puck in front, they got it cleared to a corner, and then they started either going on a rush or they got the puck out to neutral to the neutral zone. That, I think, has been what's been most impressive, really, not even, not just in that game, but for Detroit in general. I think what we saw in those first few games with a lot of breakaways, they've done a great job of elimin- eliminating that, with the one exception of Ben Chirot blowing a tire on the... Yeah, he caught a serious rut and like went, flew directly down to the ice. Yeah. Like, the way he was actually reacting, it looked like he hurt himself. Because that was on the, what, the Gr- Greg or Grig, however you say his name, goal? Ridley um, Grieg, yep. Yeah, so outside of that, they've done a pretty good job of resetting and covering themselves, not allowing the big play to happen. Because we saw it yeah. way too many times against Tampa, and you can tell that they're starting to come into their own in terms of what they're comfortable with with each other already. And I think we talked about this last episode, and it happened again in the Calgary game. The The guys, once they're in the offensive zone, they just collapse. They collapse yes. on top of the shooters. And immediately in the well, both. So in the offensive zone, they collapse on the shooters and they immediately take that threat away. It's like gone. The the putt goes to the corner, the putt goes to the side, it gets cleared out. And there's a lot less of what really frustrates me is playing the puck in front of the net that is almost gone now. Mm -hmm. And it like I said, it's like it's all about eliminating they instantly identify the threat, eliminate the threat, clear the puck out. In the Calgary game, they did a really good job again today they win that calgary game six to two you get a hat trick and four points from alex to you get lucas raymond three assists an absolutely dominant game from lucas raymond you get dylan larkin and to bring going back and forth uh they're now one and two in points leaders in the entire nhl uh alex to has 12 points currently he had like i said a hat trick tonight in his son's first hockey game that his son came fantastic. to watch him play. It was cute, very cute. And I think the I mean, word I used was adorable. And it's I think it goes back to what we had talked about before the season is there seems to be something about guys playing in their hometown that makes them play better. And this is where he wanted to be. 
who he wanted to play for. And right now, I mean, and that again, this also puts him a, a, a top single game performances. Alex Abrinkit now has two of the top 10 single game performances in the NHL, adding tonight's game on top of his uh, game score of 5.72. So today, tonight's game score for him was 6.04. He was phenomenal tonight. I mean, I don't think you could have asked for a better game from the team as a whole than what they did tonight in Calgary. Uh, your top performers, like I said, Dabrinkit, Raymond, Hole, Larkin, Ben Sherratt again. Jake Wallman had a goal. Joe Valeno, another goal. You're getting just input from everything at every level, but then they're also able to just shut down any play that's developing. And it's been phenomenal to watch. And when they don't, the goalies have also been like, Reimer was excellent tonight. Like really good. So outside the one goal that went over his shoulder, he, he again had a stellar night. Again, I'm going to pump the brakes a little bit, but not a lot anymore. Six games. But the Red Wings have been, I guess they took in, in Newsy even set up before the season. Everyone's counting them out. Everyone counting them out from the beginning of the season. Oh, Red Wings are sucked. 82 points, whatever. Mm-hmm. They'll be mediocre. And they took all that, all of that media narrative and they've thrown it directly in the garbage. They did the, the little Bob's Burgers, little lower, yeah, in the trash, now stomp it with your foot. That's what they have done to the media narrative about the team to where now non-media people, because media people will not change their mind, but other voices in hockey are saying, the Red Wings are a wagon, man. They're like, it's what they're doing is not a fluke. You can any, see it. We got any love it's from repeatable. Blackburn today? Uh, I don't know. I think, who uh, was it? was not tweeted it? much today. Damn it. Was it Ryan Whitney who's happy with oh, yeah, us right I now? I tweeted the Whitney one from the other day. Yeah, so uh, the I think the Red Wings right now are a certified wagon, Ryan. What, what did you like about the Calgary game? I think what I liked about the Calgary game is that they did it all even strength. Yeah, and we didn't have to rely on our power play. No, six goals at even strength. And that's not even to say that the power play didn't look good tonight. So what were they, 0 for 4, I think? Yeah, but I mean, the movement's like, there. The passes are there. looked good. If Honestly, if it wasn't for a whiff by Sprong on a couple yeah, shots. Yeah, it was a Sprong whiff, yep. That's what I was trying to think of. That would have been easily a one for four, one for three, whichever it was. It was beautiful. Like he, he, he's, that's, I think, the, most, the guy I'm most excited for to see score more, more goals out there because it's not for lack of trying. Like his shots look good. It's not like what we've seen, and I'm not trying to go down this path where it's a, a Zadina shot where it hit the guy square in the chest. The, these are some damn good saves or just missing that are happening with Sprong. And he, he has been as advertised to this point. But the puck movement and the high danger chances that they're creating on the power play on both lines, top and the first and second line. I, We've hoped for this the last several years. We've seen flashes of it with Tangay being in charge, especially when he took over a couple years ago. And now I think it's finally to the point where they've got the guys that can make it happen. Yeah. And that's huge. It's, 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 it's vital for one. But I think when we go back to our preseason talk of what we need to see this team improve upon to push for a playoff spot, this power play and PK are going to be vital. And if they continue to produce, they're not going to continue at a 39% rate. No, I don't even think Edmonton finished at that high of a level last season. And they had an absolute ridiculous power play and still do. 
Now, granted, McDavid's about to be out for two weeks. We'll see what happens. But <laughs> if if these special teams for Detroit can continue this momentum even remotely, it's going to be interesting conversations as the season goes along. Yeah, I don't think we need to have conversations about Alex Tange uh, being relieved of duty anymore. I think this, <laughs> this may be Alex Tange's final form. We should see what happens going forward with this power play. But like you said, it's not for a lack of effort because it was still a smooth transition. Uh, great setup, easy zone entry, moving the puck almost flawlessly. Just, just a whiff on a shot here or there. Something did, bounces in the wrong direction. I saw... Uh, maybe it wasn't on the power play, but uh, Lucas Raymond go around and then try to bounce the puck off the board to clear it out. It mm-hmm. hit like the literally where the gap in the board is and just slowly rolls out to the uh, goal line. So it was, there's just little things that, that get messed up, which will happen. I mean, it's just bad luck, bad puck luck stuff. But even though we didn't score in the power play, like you said, power play still looked phenomenal. Yeah. Uh, we, we can talk a little bit about Alex Debrinkit history. The cat had a hat tonight, Ryan. I need to make a new graphic, apparently. Uh, uh, Alex to bring it uh, as the cat in the hat. Uh, but Will Birchfield oh, no. from 97 won the ticket, put out a good tweet today. Uh, it took Alex to bring it 27 games to score seven goals last season in Ottawa. It took him six this season. In his 40 goal season uh, with Chicago, it took him 13 games to score seven goals. Uh, he's on a tear. He says Puck keeps finding him. He keeps whining and keeps winding up in the net. The Red Wings are red hot. They are. But Alex Dabrinkit also set a franchise, uh, set franchise history today by scoring eight goals in his first six games. The last, uh, the record holder was Ed Linsenberger, who had six goals in his first six games. So Alex Dabrinkit now takes his place in Red Wings history as the uh, most goals for, through first six games as a Detroit Red Wing. So it's, what and he's the smile done says it all for Alex to What he's done is nothing less than impressive. Like you can't, oh, yeah. it, the hottest player in the NHL right now is Alex to probably followed by Dylan Larkin. Honestly, they're one and two right now and instant chemistry. And we kind of saw it a little bit. They had some fun summer games, like charity games where they were going back and forth and, and feeding each other. But Dylan Larkin wanted a goal scorer. Steve Eiserman went out and got him a goal scorer, got him a Michigan goal scorer, got him a dude that I, I believe Larkin had played with somewhere when he was younger at some point in time. And it's just the chemistry. Like, this is what people are like, oh, Dylan Larkin sucks. He's, he'll never be better than Tim. Like, Tim Stutzla is so much better. And I go, well, Tim Stutzla had a 90-point season with Claude Giroux and Brady Kachuk. Larkin's never had players like that. Now Larkin's playing with a Raymond in year three, who seems to be much better than last He's season. Out, at least on the, the early eye test. Yeah, three, three assists tonight. He's playing with a natural goal scorer, and this is a 90, 90 point Larkin. I mean, it easily looks like Larkin could be a 90 plus point player this season with the way things are going so far. I know that we're not going to continue to see two points per game from Debrinket, 1.8 per game from Larkin. But if we we've talked about this a lot, how Larkin has consistently put himself into the top 20 and top 15 in centers in hockey, which puts him at a high level with the exception of a couple of teams where he is your one C. And it's not just because of what he does scoring. It's what he can do on the faceoff draw, which right now you'd like to see it up a little bit. 
He's at a 50.5% right now. But you know that when he's on the ice, he can make something happen and be extremely impactful. And now what we're seeing with Debrinket on the wing, we they they admitted themselves it took them a while to get to get comfortable, find that chemistry, and really start hit the ground running. But that first game hit of regular season, and it's like they had been playing together for years. And now we're starting to see the fruits of the labor come about because you put Raymond up there, you weren't really sure how that was going to start out. Now he's found a new comfort level. He's doing all the things, going into the corner to, to dig pucks out, putting pucks on net that typically you wouldn't have seen him shoot over the last two seasons, and it's causing havoc, but in a good way. He is dry, helping drive the offense a little bit out there, and it's what you would hope for. Now what's crazy right now is I'm looking, thankfully NHL.com is updated. Debrinkit has 19 shots on net. Eight of those are goals. He's shooting at a 42% clip. And I tell Which you is what, insane. It is insane. It won't out, not stay that way. But most of his shots have been legit, or goals, I should say, are legit goals. I think the one true exception you can make to like how that should not have gone in was the knuckleballer that he had off the ice against Tampa, where it hit off, I think, Glendening's stick as he tried to throw it on net from the point. And then it popped over the, sh- the shoulder of whoever it is in net for Tampa. And they, but outside of that, their goal scorers goals, things that Detroit's needed. Now Larkin, I hope that his shooting percentage will go up a little bit. He's had 27 shots at an 11% rate. So hopefully that'll even out for him, go up a little bit because I think that's going to be pretty vital, but to see them going at the point rate they're getting, we know they're not going to have points every night, at least in theory, but I think this is the year we need to see that Larkin, like you just said, 90-point season. If it is, you've got a top-10 center in hockey. Yeah, and I think if if Larkin's shooting 30 goals this season, 30-plus, and to bring it honestly with where he's going, looks like he could be a 50-goal season for Alex to bring it. Mm-hmm. And if Larkin gives you 30 and Cat gives you 50, you're a playoff team, and especially with the way you're playing people in your division. Yeah, if you look at Larkin's stats year over year right now, so last year he shot at a 13% clip. His career high shooting percentage was 21-22 when he eclipsed 30 goals. He had 31 goals, and he was shooting at 14.6%. He dropped off a little bit last year, so if he can get get back to that 13-14% level, which really won't take much, you're looking at potentially 30 goals. Now, granted, here's the caveat. 18-19, his first 30-goal season, 32, he shot at 11.2%. So we'll see what happens. I, I think that he can get 30, though, with how things are going oh, yeah. early on the power play, how they look, and with what Debrinket's bringing him. Now for Debrinket, uh, let's see. Going back to his 41-goal campaign in 21-22, he shot at a 15.2% clip. The year before that, he had 32 goals and shot at 20%. His other 41-goal season, 18.6. So if we're seeing him at 15%, then sky's the limit. Yeah, it's just pucks. For Alex to bring it, it's pucks on net. It's keep firing, and they'll find a way in because he has a wicked shot. It's fast. It's accurate. And he, like Larkin has said in, in an interview, he finds open ice. It's sneaky the way he finds open ice and just pockets mm-hmm. to get into to shoot the puck. So. Oh, yeah, you, you watch him out there, especially on the power at any point, to be honest. He doesn't stop moving. 
he is either going up to try to find a new lane or he's dropping back to make sure there's coverage to make sure he can try to maintain possession of the puck, which I think he has done. We've seen him get pushed over several times to this point. He took a really big hit again in the Ottawa game uh, from Greg or Greg, however you say his name, that got called for a penalty, which borderline, but I think if Greg wouldn't have finished it off the way that he did, it wouldn't have gotten called. And but, I think if he would have hit him a little sooner because he yeah, had already played delayed. the puck at that point. And he he ran him pretty good and then tossed him. I think that's what pretty much was the downfall. And that's what Detroit scored on seven seconds later. Um, but no, it's 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 wild to see. And it's really not even just with Debrinket. You're seeing a constant motion when Detroit has the puck in the offensive zone. They're moving all over the place, whether it's pushing through the middle. You've got the defense coming up over top or they're pushing up the boards a lot more, but there's always someone back for coverage. And I think that kind of speaks to the full team theory that they've bought into and team mindset when it comes to defense is they're letting the defense speak for them offensively because they've been shutting down the neutral zone like crazy in the last several games. And I think that's been kind of one of the more impressive feats really to this point. Yep. Uh, so what we're going to do real quick is take a break uh, for where we've been going for a while. Oh, we take a, a word, from, a word from DraftKings and uh, we'll be right back in just a minute to talk about leaders through six who our standouts have been and a little bit about goal differential. So we'll be right back in just a minute. The NFL season is going strong and DraftKings Sportsbook is hooking new customers up with an offer that's even stronger. Bet five bucks on any game this week to score $200 instantly in bonus bets. And DraftKings isn't stopping there. All customers can take advantage of a sweetener offer every game day this October. I mean, the Lions did just lose, so maybe cool it on them, but they're bound to pick it up, right? Get in on the game day greatness. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code THPN. New customers can score $200 instantly in bonus bets when you bet $5 on the NFL. That's code THPN, only on DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-H-O-P-E-N-Y or text H-O-P-E-N-Y. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino Resort, licensee partner Golden Nugget Lake Charles, 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction, void in Ontario, bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See sportsbook.draftkings.com slash football terms for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms and responsible gaming resources. And we're back. And Ryan, we're going to talk about goal differential. Because yeah. when was the last time we had a good one? <laughs> it's um, been a long well, time. In the stats that I've pulled up, it hasn't been like this. I can tell you that much. Going back to the 18-19 season, which we started that year 0-4-2 through the first six games, we had 14 goals, 4, and 30 goals allowed. That's bad. And currently, we are 5-1. and one. We have... Bring the math back up. 30 goals. 30 for, goals for. Yeah. 15 goals allowed. So the Red Wings lead the league in goal differential right now at a plus 15. Second place is Vegas Golden Knights at a plus 13 right now. So that is what, and again, we had said an anemic offense was what had to be fixed. So what did Steve Eiserman do? Went out and got to bring it. Got guys like Daniel Sprong, got JT Comfer. We have a healthy uh, Andrew Kopp who has looked very good. Mm-hmm. So you bring in that offense. You bring in a Shane Gossesbury who's been good, but through six right now, you've got six points in Lucas Raymond. You've got three goals and eight assists for 11 in Larkin. 
You've got eight goals and four assists for 12 and to bring it. Joe Valeno's got three goals and an assist. Ghost has two goals, four assists. You're getting guys up and down the lineup that are that are contributing to this. And this is what you want to see. We're we're on most nights. I, I couldn't even tell you, and, and it'd take me a minute to go look it up, but how long it took the Red Wings to score a total of 30 goals last season had to at least be last 10 season? games. Yeah, to last get to the 30 goal point. Yeah. Uh, let's see. We were at, after six games, they had 22. Oh, boy. It took 10 games into the season for them to get to 31 goals. And how many goals against did we have by that time, though? Through that same 10 games. Okay, so we had a negative goal differential through 10 games last season. They were 5-3-2, and two, 31 goals for, 33 against. Uh, let's see, what else did we have? They had a face-off percentage of 42.9%. Oh. And they had seven power play goals out of the 31 goals for. So everything was bad. We've already oh, passed <laughs> the power play goals through five games. Yeah, and so the Red Wings right now, I, I'm, I've just marked down my standouts. Uh, Lucas Raymond, he's really picked his game up. Like I said, Lucas Raymond could get 70 assists this season with how he's played so far. He does have a goal. I, I expect big things from Lucas Raymond this season. I think everyone does. We had mentioned Justin Hole already with with how well he's been. Uh, and, and an easy addition to the team. Like, he it's came really in. a really long playing stick. You know, I, I have today, not noticed. That I, I had to phrase that in an appropriate manner, but it already got jacked up. Yeah. After the um, tweets that have come through. <laughs> yeah. You know, there's a, a, a sequence. I remember watching him where he drove the net and ended up in behind uh, Calgary's net tonight. And he just had, it, it was him and Raz on the ice together. And it was almost not fair. Like Hull reached way out to his right. The defender next to him couldn't even come remotely close to reaching the puck because of the reach with it, with how he played it out. And he just kind of flicked his wrists Played it way wide to Rasmussen, who then just, again, giant stick and size, reached out, grabbed it, and played it to the point and reset the play. I was like, what the hell? There's a random thing that I thought of. but Yeah, I think that is another thing that has really helped this team this season so far is the size. Iserman added size to the team, and it's making them much tougher to play against. Because, let's see, Justin Hole, how big is he? Justin Hole is six foot four, 194 pounds. Oh, there we go. And that's helpful. That would be why he has a, a long hockey stick. Elbow reach. What we are going to say. A, yes, a, a wide wingspan is what Justin Hole has. And yeah. it's helped. And he's been defensively sound. And he's provided tonight three points. So it's, I mean, more than you, you probably thought you were going to get. He didn't come in as an overly offensive guy. But he's providing value. Right now, Justin Hole, and those are his only three points on the season. But in five games, three points, he's also a plus eight. So I, I think most of the Red Wings are probably a plus right now with like we talked about the goal differential. But uh, he's he's been solid and mm-hmm. he's, he's been an anchor, which is what you need him to be. And my other standouts are obvious. I mean, Dylan Larkin, Alex to bring it. James Reimer for the two games he's been in has been fantastic. Ben Sherratt, knock on wood, has not been the Ben Sherratt that we saw last season. He's he's the bench shot that we were hoping for. He's had some hiccups and yeah. he's been burned a few times. But over the past three games, Ben Sherrod has picked up his game, which is fantastic. I would say as a, yeah, absolutely. As a whole, I think that he has exceeded what we would have expected to this point. 
outside of the blown tire that we saw uh, with Ottawa, which and wasn't really his fault. First 10 minutes or so against Pittsburgh, like he has played pretty well. And uh, I forget who it was that made a, a fantastic point. And I try to remind myself of this. He has had a shitty last two months, if not more. Longer because his yeah. dad got sick and we don't know when. Yeah. And passed away. Yeah. Right before the season started. So, you know, that mentally he's probably has not been there. And I think that kind of maybe spoke to how he started the year. But I think now the comfort level may have come back. I don't want to speak that like I know these things. It's just from watching it. That's how it appears that he looks comfortable, that he's enjoying himself. And someone cracked the joke that he, he looked like he actually was going to smile again tonight, which because he never smiled, it seemed like in the past anyways. But no, they're, these guys, to, to, and to your point earlier, there's three guys right now that are negatives for the, for the Red Wings. Clean Costin's a minus one, Petrie's a minus one, Perron's a minus two. Everyone else is zero or positive in terms of plus minus. I don't want to talk about it that much, but yep. it's something we haven't seen in a long time, especially to start a season. Yeah, and even David Perron has brought his play up, which has been yeah. good to see because he's rough for the first few games, and, and he he's come around, and it's yeah. looked a lot better. And he's using JT Comper's stick. Yeah, I love that they were talking about that. Uh, what was it that he was trying to find a stiffer shaft? God damn it. Uh, he needed that stiff shaft, Ryan, because they're right, putting him in front of the goal the broadcast. I'm repeating what they said. And it's still hockey's the dirtiest sport when it comes to talking <laughs> about it. You can't get away with anything without it just turning straight dirty. He needed less whip uh, to the stick, less flex because they are putting him net front. Yeah. And if you got too much too much flex on the stick, your your shots can be a little more wild. So he needed a a stiffer stick, Ryan. And in order to be a little didn't, bit more didn't make it any better. Play a little better in front of the net. Uh so the Red Wings right now are five and one. They sit atop the Atlantic Division in first place. With freaking Boston. Followed by the Boston Bruins, who are apparently never going to go away. What I say. The Ottawa Senators with six. The Toronto Maple Leafs, who their goaltending is fucking atrocious. They've got six points. I I took Samson off in fantasy thinking that it would just be like they're going to go out and win. And he's been terrible. No, real bad. Uh, The Tampa Bay Lightning have six points. The Canadians have five. The Panthers have four. And the Sabres are also sitting in the basement with four points. Uh, So far, blowing up everyone's predictions except for probably our own. And uh, it's been good, Ryan. Uh, it's been a really, really good six games. That's why we had to get on tonight and uh, and talk about it. Our next game is Tuesday when they have the Frozen Frenzy on ESPN. Every oh, is single that, is team. Is that why it's an 8-15? Or I thought it was a late start because it was Seattle. No, every team in the NHL will be playing on Tuesday in 15-minute staggered games. Oh, so they finally realized how much you'd go. Every 15 minutes. And it looks like they're going to have a cool, like, uh, four screen setup so you can watch four games at once on ESPN, which would be really sweet. But we are going to play the Seattle Kraken, who right now are one, four, and one with uh, three points on the season so far. So they are off to a real bad start. Uh, And then after that, we welcome in, I believe it's the Winnipeg Jets. And the Winnipeg Jets right now are two and three. Yeah, uh, are two and three. Are you going to Star Wars night? No, I'll be there Tuesday. Oh, that's rough. I wanted a beanie. I don't know who's going to be there. I know that beanie's pretty badass. 
both of them are badass. One has a TIE fighter on it. The other one has an X-Wing on it. Ooh, I didn't know that. Yeah, they're really sweet. So uh, the next two games are against opponents who have not been great so far this season. So we we could come out of this week, and again, it is the 22nd of October. We could come out way ahead, which is what we need. Just keep building on this momentum. And I think what the guys have done, they're having fun. And they're gelling and the chemistry is going and they've got a backlog of wins now to where if they lose one, it's not going to shake them because they've been doing so well. They can chalk it up to a loss and move on. I don't think and I think if you win one of the next two, keep rolling because it's been a fantastic start. They go into a tough stretch of games. Yeah, but I mean, it's been a fantastic start so far. You could not have asked for literally anything more than what they have done. They're shutting up a lot of a lot of the smart doubters are shutting up. A lot of the dumb ones are just going to keep running their mouth and we'll just have to keep responding with sad, funny pictures of their team doing stupid shit. But Mm -hmm. we're showing that we're a legitimate hockey team. We're so much better than we were last season. And again, we'll put the six game disclaimer on it. But I feel much stronger saying this now because of the way we have been winning. Than I would, like I said earlier, if we were winning by one or two goals instead of blowing teams like this out. Yeah, and, and that's important. And the, tonight, I think they finished with what they Calgary ended up out shooting Detroit. Correct. I mean, outside of really the Ottawa game, Detroit has been right there in terms of shots. I mean, the Tampa game was in a way an anomaly because they outshot them forty-two twenty-five. We outshot the Flames. Outshot us thirty-one to thirty. That's what it was. Okay. So, which is good because, I mean, Calgary, we've seen them the last several years. They're a defensive first team. And that's kind of how they've been built with all the, with Goudreau. Since Goudreau and Kachuk left, there just has not been firepower. So they're winning a lot of one, like low scoring games. And I think they even talked about that in the broadcast. That's where I'm remembering this from. And they took it to them. The way that Detroit's been playing, they're, they're aggressive, but in the right ways. And I think that that spoke to the Ottawa game, getting outshot 37 to 23. What really you take away that first period, and it's kind of a little bit more even. But they're taking advantage of situations where you normally wouldn't see them take advantage of it. And a, a, a lot of that speaks to Debrinket. A lot of that speaks to also the secondary and depth that they've acquired for this team. And I think that's what's added to the level of excitement that we can have talking about them this way through six games in comparison. I mean, last year, yeah, I'd say we were kind of excited, but after six games, they just got blew, blown out by uh, New Jersey, six to two, getting outshot forty-one to twenty-two, and then they just couldn't ride stuff out to get like in a good way against decent teams. I, I think what's going to be key is how long they can keep the defensive aspect and goals allowed piece going, because we've seen the most yeah. goals allowed against them has been four. Which up to this point last season, we've seen that twice this year. Once a loss, once a win. Last year, they had given up five, four, six, five, eight. So four different games of four goals or more in their first 10 games. If we can limit that moving forward, it's going to be huge, especially if we want to. We need to have a positive goal differential to finish this season out. That's going to go a long way. But I mean, overall, it's been beautiful to watch this team play hockey. 
it's been exciting as a fan. It's the most excited we've been in a very long time for this team because they're doing what we knew they could do going into the season as long as everything worked. And everything yeah. worked from puck drop. And it's been phenomenal. Well, Ryan, I want to get your uh, final thoughts before we sign off here tonight. What do you got, buddy? No, final thoughts. Kind of like you just said, this is fun hockey. I know that we've, the last couple of years, tried to jump on them doing kind of well to start the season. But this this feels different. And I hope that, for one, they're going to stay healthy. It sucks that Fabry, again, got hurt. Not totally surprising, but what little flashes we were able to see from him in preseason and that first game of the year, I thought there was going to be a lot there from him maybe this year if he could stay healthy. Didn't. It is what it is. Next man up. Zarnik's been fantastic. We finally got to see Johnny Burgers tonight, even though it was in a much limited role, but he didn't. He looked comfortable as always. Um, but I really want to shout out uh, as the big thank you for being amazing is the fan base because LCA has been rocking every game already this year. And I think that speaks a lot to the team. They've already commented on it several times over. The home opener, electric. The game against Pittsburgh, I was at that one, electric. Tonight, from watching it on the broadcast, seemed also electric. It's loud in there. The goal horn, I think, has energized a lot of people. But most, most importantly, they're seeing a good product on the ice. And if they can continue to carry that on and win the games that they, they need to win, Seattle, Winnipeg upcoming, they go into a stretch of Boston, New York, Florida, Boston, New York. That's the Islanders and the Rangers. That's a tough stretch through the East. If they can get through that with even a 500 record, we're in a good spot and in, in different territory through the first 10 games of the season. So overall, I, I couldn't be much more happier, happier than how things have looked. And God bless Alex to bring it already ran 33. Yeah, I'm going to have to go back and watch this segment. They're talking, they're breaking. Kevin Weeks is breaking down the game right now in the intermission. Ooh. during the Ducks game. And I'm going to have to go back and watch because they did a, and I'm going to have to watch the post game presser because they had Larkin and to bring it up there at the same time. Yeah. I for the post game presser. Answer question. I'm going to go watch it. Uh, but you can follow me online at bringing the wing, follow the grind line podcast online at Grindline pod. I'll give a shout out to the hockey podcast network for hosting us and spreading our podcast around. Also to vintage Detroit for being absolutely amazing. It's the only place you should get your Detroit jerseys from and worked on. Please go to our YouTube sub to our YouTube channel, turn on the notifications. You get notified whenever episodes go live for you all to watch and look at our sweet stats that i put up and watch us talk about hockey which is generally pretty fun and not depressing this season which has been fantastic so far uh, if you use a promo code uh, grindline on howie's hockey tape you'll get 10 percent off same promo code on bring hockey back you'll get 12 percent off and you can check out our merch on redbubble.com by searching the grindline but that is going to do it for us tonight so for ryan i am greg let's kick some more ass you stay classy.